Um, it is my honour and privilege to invite Nick up to us this morning. Nick is a... I'm, I'm, actually, I'm not going to introduce you, Nick. You can do that. Come on up. <laughs> Thanks, Mary. I think I always introduce myself as a part of, like, the timings in my preach. And Anyway, g'day. Uh, my name's Nick. Uh, I'm a member of the congregation here, which, which if you're not familiar with that term, essentially means that most of the time I'm sitting down where you are and occasionally I get asked to come up here and speak. So we're in the second week of uh, going through the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, if you haven't heard, so Matt spoke last week uh, if you haven't heard his preach, I highly recommend listening to it. I mean, this year has been the year of preachers that have been really breaking through to me. Um, so if you haven't heard them, please do jump on Spotify. I'm sure there's probably another place that they are, maybe on the Hope Church website as well. So if you've ever heard me preach, you've probably... Uh, this one's going to be a bit different. Um, I'm not going to take my clothes off like I did that one other time that I did something different. Um, but what I am doing is I usually have a script that I read. Um, and there's a few different reasons that I do that. Um, one of them, I don't know if you've ever seen like that video of two people texting each other and every time they initially write what they want to say and then they delete it and they say, oh, well, that's probably not good enough. So... Because I'm not a theologian or a professional preacher, commonly I find myself overthinking these. And generally afterwards, I find myself in this place where I don't really feel like what I said was what I wanted to say. So I'm kind of taking a risk here. This isn't going to be as polished. I've got one-fifth of the notes that I normally have to try and at least say something. But if, if it seems like I'm jumping around a lot, you're going to know why. There's nothing wrong with my brain, I promise. Um, and, and I might also get something wrong. But what I would encourage is that we would think critically about what I'm saying, as we should always think critically about what we hear. So into the passage. So uh, this book of Matthew, as Matt covered, uh, is written for the Jews. And it's written by Jews for Jews. And essentially, they're trying to talk about this man, Jesus, uh, and talking about how he is this foretold Messiah. And if you're not familiar with this foretold Messiah, what they expected was not Jesus. They expected a man who was probably brandish a warlord, someone to free them from the, you know, the clutches of the Romans and their oppressors, uh, which I'll get into talking about that. So uh, Jesus at the point, so actually, let me rewind. So Matt has given us four chapters to read over, which I'm not going to read as Matt said last week, because I worked out that it would actually take about 20 minutes for me to read all of chapter four to seven, which is what I've been given. Um, but where we start in chapter four, Jesus has been getting some traction. He's been at this point, he's called quite a few of his followers uh, together. He's been gathering crowds. He's getting invited to temples to preach. Um, and he's a bit of the talk of the town. Now, what I'm going to be covering is sort of a part where Jesus goes up onto a mountain. And Jesus calls his disciples together in order to have a bit of a chat with them. Because, it, because Jesus is such a bit of a celebrity at the moment, he 
could reasonably say, and I think he probably could have even noticed, I'm not exactly sure, that his disciples could fall, fall into the trap of maybe being a bit arrogant, maybe even feeling like they deserved some more than what they have. But anyway, um, let's go into the talk now. Let's go into the, pre, into the, uh, into the Bible verse. So I'm going to be preaching from uh, Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 1 through to 12. It goes like this. So this, is, this title of this is called Jesus Gives the Beatitudes. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up onto the mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God indeed. Yeah, so like I said, my, interestingly, so if you're wondering why I've got such a thick Bible, uh, this is actually like a study Bible. So um, it's a bit of a cheat sheet for writing preachers in one way, but you still have to figure out what you're going to say anyway. It's, it's a commentary and a Bible put in, in one. And one of the things that it points out really interestingly is one of the ways that they interpret this first line, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up to the mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and began to teach them. I always assumed that Jesus was teaching the crowds who came, but my study Bible actually mentions this idea of Jesus teaching his disciples this. And I thought that was interesting in the note that they make about, you know, they need to be different. But more on that later. So a lot of what Jesus says is meant to be challenging. And it's meant to be mainly a challenge to the, 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 the legalistic, proud religious leaders of the day. And funnily enough, they wouldn't have probably agreed with Jesus when he said these things, because these aren't exactly the people you would consider blessed. They are people who are struggling. They're people who maybe were on the outside of society. Uh, they, were, they were definitely struggling. So our world today might say a similar thing to what the Pharisees may have been saying to the people because back in those days, in, an, in that very eastern 
society, you weren't considered blessed if you were downtrodden. You weren't considered blessed if you were taking it tough because they would say, well, God is testing you or God is, is he's doing something because you've done something wrong. But, and, you know, our world today kind of suggests a similar thing. We suggest that those people who are sort of on the lower rungs of our society maybe deserve to be there. You know, and our, our world says things like, blessed are those people who have big houses and have their lives supposedly fi figured out. Blessed are those people who are constantly happy. And, you know, I, I, I'll read another thing from my study Bible here. I mean, the, the, you may have heard some of these things yourselves when you're feeling them, you know, poor, poor in spirit, you know, how could you be poor in spirit? You should have a lot of pride in yourself. You should have a lot of personal independence. You know, how could you be mourning? You should be happy at all costs. How could you be meek? You're meant to be powerful. What are you talking about? Well, righteousness, well, I mean, what about your needs as well? Uh, mercy, well, you know, that doesn't really sound like a very strong character-building thing to be. Pure in heart, I mean, like, if you have to tell a few lies to get above people, then maybe, you know, peacemakers, I mean, we've, we've seen enough of that in our, in our world to know that, you know, some people would rather have an economic gain or some sort of gain in order that people would suffer. And persecuted, I mean, you probably deserved it. You know, and, and I think as well as when I look at the world, I, I also look at maybe thinking about, you know, not feeling enough until I have something, you know, not being enough until I have a, the, the, the latest gadget or not being enough until you have, you know, the latest shoes or maybe I'm not enough until I'm married and have a house and a dog and children. Maybe I'm not enough. But this is where Jesus comes in and talks about these things. And Jesus talks about this all through the Bible. And he says that you are enough. You are, in fact, you are, if you are one of these people who feel like you're not enough or if you feel not blessed, you are blessed. You know, particularly when you are fighting for what is right and good. but. He doesn't say that it's not going to be a struggle. In fact, this is one of the reasons why Jesus was so successful. It was one of the narratives that he was offering, this idea that you would be a kingdom of, of people who struggle. Struggle for, you know, life and struggle for what is right. And particularly people who struggle over blind comfort. And Matt and Martin have made a few mentions of this uh, idea of... Sorry, excuse me. My nose runs when I'm nervous. Um, Matt and Martin made a, a mention about this, you know, but breaking the cycle of, of our world. You know, this cycle that we're in where we keep looking for things and not finding them in, because we're looking in the wrong places. But Jesus is offering a new perspective, a, a new kingdom. So I want to talk a little bit about struggle and what that might 
look like? So, and I think it might be something what Jesus is calling us to do, to struggle a little bit. Because I think there is definitely a lost art of struggling in our world. And I'm not to say that comfort isn't good. Because comfort is good. We want to be well-fed. We want to be sheltered. I mean, you know, we're in this church grabbing blankets, you know, because we want to be warm. And there's nothing wrong with that. And that's not what I'm talking about. And I'm not saying that you should neglect your needs. But what I'm talking about is maybe think about some things that might be binding you. Some things that might be preventing you from receiving this blessing that God wants you to receive. And struggle for what is good. One of the examples that I thought about as I wrote this preach was this really interesting thing that happened to me when I went on this thing called the Extreme Character Challenge. And as a part of that, just to briefly talk about it, because actually a lot of that is kept on the DL, you know, but ask me about it if you're a man and thinking about challenging yourself. Um, but what they do is they put you in these, comp- these unpredictable scenarios. They put you in these, uh, they take control from you in order that you might be able to reset and start to see things that God might want you to see. And one of the things that I found, and, you know, maybe a more minor thing that maybe what I could suggest in struggle, but just in this, in the midst of being hungry and tired and, you know, my feet are so wet and they've been wet for like three days now and like I feel like I can't get warm is you suddenly stop and you have a cup of tea and it is the best damn cup of tea you will have in your entire life and then they hand you this cup of soup and you're like, oh, that, what's the recipe? And they're like, "Mm, I mean, you know, it's powdered soup and hot water, what are you talking about? And I suppose that's really what I'm trying to say is, is, and maybe even challenge you if this is speaking to you, is maybe remove some of these things from your life that you might actually realise that cup of soup is pretty tasty when you're in a bit of need. And it, and it, but also what it did is it made me see things in nature because I no longer was in control of where my next meal would come from. I was, never, I was not in control of when might I sleep and whatnot. And I started hearing and seeing things that I never could have seen otherwise. And, I mean, maybe you've met somebody who is struggling and they're the happiest person you've ever met and you just think, why? Why? And those are the people I'm kind of talking about because I think that they've discovered a level of happiness that if you've got lots, might not experience until you have nothing. You know, if anyone's ever had a relative who might be unwell and it might look, be looking like this is it, I've seen it in the eyes of these people through my job as a paramedic, and you suddenly see them realise, I really want to appreciate everything about you and I'm thinking about all those good times I had. That's what I'm talking about. And I mean, talking of life, this beautiful and blessed thing that we, that I think as a society, we look down upon the struggle of aging. 
Because aging is a struggle. And I mean, like, I'm not going to pretend like I know all about this, but I'm just saying, I'm, reach- I'm in my 30th year now. I'm about to turn 30. And statistically, actually, research suggests that from here on, it doesn't get any better. <laughs> but, but I mean, fun fact, I mean, like, I want to also say as an aside, as, you know, almost like a public service announcement, I'm not talking about the struggle that comes with health conditions that are an a inevitability of my life, but I'm talking, you know, and because most of the health conditions that we sort of see as a part of aging are actually more of a problem with our lifestyles. But, I mean, I want to talk even a bit about, like, what research is saying about people who are living longer, people who are centenarians, people who are 100, and what they've found by these By visiting these people, I I watched it on this show called The Blue Holes and I looked into a bit of the research and they they suggest that these people struggle in some way and they they don't take comfort, they struggle, they continue in their 80s to walk up hills that have a gradient of 40%. And I mean, I don't want to, by everything I'm saying, trivialize struggle. In fact, I actually want to say that Jesus and from what I'm saying, I want to glorify struggle and taking, that, taking ourselves away from things, removing some of the chains that bind us. And particularly when we're struggling for things that are good. And I want to actually read something from my study Bible. One of the notes they made for um, verse 3 to 12, which is actually all the Beatitudes. So it it mentions here, each Beatitude tells us how to be blessed. Blessed means more than happiness. It implies fortunate or inevitable state of those who are in God's kingdom, the fortunate and inevitable state of those who are in God's kingdom. The, The Beatitudes don't promise laughter, pleasure, or earthly prosperity. To Jesus, Blessed means to experience the hope and joy independent, experience hope and joy independent of outward circumstances. To find hope and joy, the deepest form of happiness, follow Jesus no matter the cost. And I thought that was quite apt, actually, for what I'm trying to say. And to kind of finish up, I want to talk a little bit about how maybe i'm i'm going to try but you know and i will but but you know it's not a it's not such a quick road but some of the musings i've had about what, how i think that i might be able to do this and i do say this every time i preach but i mean it when i say it and i mean you know some of the things that i think i might try and embrace more in this way is read more about how people are struggling in the bible and what they do about it because people have come before me. I think it, even go to a friend if you don't want to read your Bible and go to someone who you know is struggling and just ask them, how, are you, how do you do it? And pray. Or if, you don't, if you're not yet a prayer person, sit, be still, ponder your life in silence. Think about what chains are binding you right now so that by the power of our God, you might drop them. And listen. If you're not yet listening to God or don't know what that sounds like, listen to what maybe you're thinking about. Because I think that deep down, 
all of us know what the right thing to do is. But embrace the suck. It's a, it's a phrase that comes from a book that I've been reading called The Resilient Shield. And they talk about embracing the suck in order that we may become better. Uh, and the idea that you can't make things better just because you want them to. And I mean, even offering a word of caution in the book to anyone who reject it, uh, that they believe that there are no victims of circumstance. And I think this is what God says throughout the Bible, that we can be a part of our own rescue. And then finally, if you're someone like me, live. Turn off the autopilot. Don't let time pass you by anymore. Let it pass through you. And by that, I mean trying not to speed your life up and try and look for the next thing to go for and just be. Because you might miss the things that God is trying to show you. And I mean, I want to kind of finish up before I conclude that, you know, Matt last week said something really profound that I wanted to add in here. And, you know, finally, with the listening to yourself and ask yourself, do you know something? that you are choosing not to know. Because it's time to wake up and follow what Jesus is saying. Be led by something new. And like Martin said, let's reject bad traditions. We have a God who offers us the kingdom that tells us the truth. God is with us when we struggle and he cares for us. And he does call us to be a contradiction in a world that wants us to be so many things. And finally, this is all a journey. So I want to finish up by praying, if you want to pray with me. I've got no idea how long I've spoken for, so let's see how long. Yeah, I can pray for a little bit. So if you wouldn't mind, if, you, if you're a praying person, close your eyes, plant your feet. Dear Lord, I pray for all those who are struggling. All those who are hurting in some way. Lord, bless them. Father, I'd like to lift up every single person who is willing to hear. You are blessed. You are enough. Father, may we drop whatever binds us and slow down, stop, listen to what the world might want us to be and then think about what we truly want to be. In your name I pray. Amen.